Welcome to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock. In every episode, Mark interviews others to share stories of thought leaders who inspire others by making a difference. You can find this show on www.videosocials.net and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Now here's the host of Inspiring Business, Mark Bullen. Welcome, and I'm excited because today is my friend and guest and client, or my guest, <laughs> is happens to be my friend and client, Michael Steger. Michael is a copyright, trademark, entertainment, and business lawyer working with small and mid-sized businesses and content creators, and he's the founder of the Law Offices of Michael D. Steger, PC. Welcome, Mike. Great to have you. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. Terrific. So. I think the, probably the best place to start is, is you know, can you define and or describe your practice? Because I don't know that everybody understands what a copyright attorney actually does. Sure. So, you know, I have a couple areas of practice. They tend to be related. So on the copyright side, I am representing... Uh, content creators, so individuals and companies that are creating uh, protectable copyrighted uh, material, such as computer software, photographs, entertainment projects, uh, drawings, designs, artwork, th things like that. And the vast majority of my work uh, with those creators is protecting their works from infringement, uh, primarily through litigation or other claims where uh, we are seeking to get somebody to stop infringing and also to pay a compensation that is due to my clients. Uh, similarly, uh, I do a lot of trademark work, and mm -hmm. a trademark is protect. A trademark is anything that identifies the source of goods or services. So it's it's typically your company uh, brand name, logo, uh, or slogan. You know, and it can be either just words or a design. And most of my work in that area is helping them obtain a federal trademark registration through the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, also do some uh, licensing work and litigation in that area. But the, the bulk of my work there is uh, is obtaining registrations for them to get protection. And then I uh, spent five years in-house with Fox Television about 20 years ago. And from that, I developed an entertainment practice that is both litigation and transactional work, but I work with writers, producers, production companies, uh, musicians, filmmakers, helping them uh, get the necessary contracts in place, um, you know, making sure they're complying with whatever vast array of laws they need to comply with and helping them uh, enter uh, complete transactions that'll get their entertainment projects out to the public. Uh, also, sometimes those deals go go bad and we may end up uh, in litigation. And then my business practice is, is somewhat similar to the other areas. It's it's a fair amount of uh, business formation, outside general counsel work, do, you know, dealing with contracts and the vast array of uh, legal challenges that uh, small to mid-sized businesses have. So uh, thank you. And what I find fascinating is that you make it sound fascinating 
not necessarily in your description today, but you've done uh, uh, videos, a, a number of videos uh, with our team with Video Socials and uh, your engagement with that, which we can talk about in a second. But one of the things that keeps coming up for me is is you give so many tidbits of, you know, it could be a phrase, it could be a color scheme. There's there's all kinds of things that, that fall into trademark that I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize or just assume, oh, it's okay if I use this or, or use that. Uh, um, and the, the, the position and angles of, of, of things, it, 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 it's incredibly detailed. Um, but at the same token, you, you give such great examples. But where, where can people find these wonderful tidbits of, of, of information that I think is incredibly valuable? Well, they can find many of them on the uh, Video Social's YouTube channel. You can just go to that and plug my name in, and there will be a vast, there's a vast library of videos covering a wide range of copyright and trademark topics, and then also just some, you know, some general business um, issues and marketing mm-hmm. issues that, uh, from time to time, I record on when I'm uh, when I'm stuck for a good trademark or copyright topic. Uh, but that that's where most of those uh, videos fly. Terrific. So I already know the answer to this, but I, but I really, you know, want to know what you feel differentiates you from other IP attorneys, because I know one of those things is you're actually making some really valuable content available for free uh, in the form of videos. But what else differentiates you from other IP attorneys? Well, the chief differentiator that I've always had is my height, um, because I'm taller <laughs> than most other IP attorneys, but not all. Um, although I found that that doesn't really help me get more clients uh, by being taller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think there, you know, there's sort of two things. One is most of my trademark work is uh, flat fee, mm. and you know, there are a lot of other trademark attorneys who do flat fee work, but the in my experience for small to mid-sized businesses, maybe who don't work a lot with lawyers, uh, the flat fee in, in any kind of legal work you're doing uh, can be very appealing because there's some cost certainty and they know, you know, if I'm going to get this trademark, here's what it's going to cost. Right. Not that it's going to cost X hundred dollars per hour. And I, as the business owner, have no idea like how many hours you're going to put in into this. Right. Uh, so you know, I I found that to be uh, helpful. Uh, also on the trademark side, uh, the client is getting me. There are you know trademark services that uh, charge very low fees, but in many of those cases, there's not uh, a lawyer's not doing the substantive work. They you know they have a, a non-lawyer staff person. Uh, I have had many clients come to me after they used one of those services and something got screwed up. In many cases, something that was very uh, basic. Um, so, you know, as, as I've cautioned in other videos, you know, a lot of times with legal work, you get what you pay for. Uh, and then one one other differentiator is on the copyright side. I'm mostly representing um, copyright claimants and the vast majority of my work in that area is done on a contingent fee basis. So the client is only paying out of pocket costs, but is not paying, uh, is not paying an hourly fee. And, you know, I, I only get paid if the, um, if there's a recovery in the case. 
So I, I kind of wanted to drill into one of the areas that you talked about, and that's that they get you. They're not just getting a, quote, service that's doing it. Uh, but this also brings up the question, and, and I know that you've done some videos on this. Um, you know, what about do-it-yourself and or downloading templates off of the Internet or, uh, uh, you know, again, going, to, as you mentioned, going to one of these services that, you know, give a general or blanket um templated default uh, way of looking at, at, at trademarks and copyrights. How, how, do, how does it, it, why does it behoove them to actually have a conversation with somebody like you instead of going? Well, for, for both trademark and copyright, you know, you can get a registration yourself. Uh, copyright tends to be the copyright application process, um, is more straightforward. There's there's less nuance to it. Um, most of my most of my copyright clients register their own copyrights, um, and except in a couple cases, especially with computer software, it's not that complicated to do on your own. Uh, on the trademark side, you know you can get your own trademark until you can't. So mm. it's you know if if you can go ahead and get it, great. But if you you know don't get it, then you're, you're going to run into some serious delays. And one of the issues, if you screw up a trademark filing um, these days, is the trademark office is so backed up and is so flooded with applications that it's usually taking at least nine months until you get a preliminary response from the trademark office. It's nine months from when you file until uh, one of the examining attorneys actually looks at it. And, you know, for example, six, seven years ago, it took three months mm. to get an initial response. And the problem with that is if you, you know, you think you're going to be able to get this trademark uh, registered, you file your application, you start building out your business using this trademark. It's going to be nine months until you actually know if you've got a good chance of getting it through or not. And, you know, that that can be a lot of wasted time and possibly wasted resources for your business. So in in layman's terms, I'm going to put that as is you, you said screw up, but you know it's not like you intentionally you know messed something up or left something out or 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 presented language in such a way that the that the copyright office may may not uh, agree with. You don't want to trigger them having to revisit this because it's going to turn into what a year and a half or something like that if if that's the case. Why not make you know a smaller investment and have a conversation with somebody like yourself that can help make sure that they've got the best chance going into it, that it's, that it's going to get approved. And, and, and I imagine that there's a certain uh, amount of due diligence that you can do or, or at least help them do as to, um, you know, what already exists and are you potentially stepping on any toes inadvertently by, you know, submitting for something that, you're probably not going to get because somebody else has something already very similar or, or, or the same. Right. And you, you, you know, people can do some of that due diligence themselves, but they may not know exactly where to look. There are the, you know, I like, I like to say that uh, trademark registration practice, it's, it's both the science, but there's also a lot of art to it. Hmm. And, you know, you know, you have to know what nuances to look for, you know, possible variations of the mark. Um, 
sometimes it depends who else has similar marks. Are they, you know, are they businesses that are very aggressive in policing their trademarks and may come after you? Even if you're not doing anything wrong, they may just say, you know, we've got a lot of money and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to come after you. Um, and also to make sure that you're filing for the right goods and services. I've, I've had numerous potential clients come to me over the years where they filed the trademark application, but it was for goods or services that weren't relevant to their business. And then mm. they find out later that, okay, this doesn't provide any protection or, you know, we said that the trademark was for uh, hats, but really we're just selling soda. You know, so can we switch it? And the answer is no. You have to you have to go back and start from scratch. So even from even from the again, it's from the inception. It's almost like a a planning process, right? So it, it, it's um, I would think if 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 I was wanting to trademark something, it would be incredibly valuable to have a conversation with you because you're going to help me define okay. How are my services tied with my company name? Tied with the tied with the uh, uh, the trademark that I'm seeking, as an example. Rather than again, if you don't know all this stuff, if you're not in these nuances, if you're not paying attention to the art side, as it were, uh, to use your phrase, uh, if if you weren't looking at these nuances, you could really set yourself up for a considerable investment of time and money into something either doesn't get approved or is not going to be relevant for what, what it is that you're not going to get what you, even if you get quote a trademark, if it's, if it's against the wrong service or if it's against something that you, you you just wait, you just wasted, you know, all that time and money. Um, and you're just going to have to go back and do it and do it again anyway. So, um, I know that you've covered a lot of, and if I may just to, uh, kind of talk about how we know each other and, 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 and how we get together. So, um, as is as is already mentioned, I'm the co-founder of VideoSocials.net, and and you're a member of Video Socials and have been for for quite a while, and you've done a whole bunch of videos uh, that you have out there on YouTube, and I, I believe uh, tied in with your website and, and other social media services. So, um, and there'll be links, uh, by the way, for our audience, there'll be links uh, uh, associated with this uh, for those. But you know. Really, you know, what is video socials and what is it for you? And, you know, we endeavor to create an environment where people that don't know how to be on the Internet, on video, um, have the opportunity to, to come in, get some practice, work together with others because it's, you know, talk is very lonely to talk to this inanimate object called a camera. And we don't have somebody to have a conversation with. And so we do it in a small group format. Um, it's an exp- experiential in- learning environment. In other words, we learn by doing. Um, and um, but what? Why did you join Video Socials? And 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 what do you think you've gotten out of it? Well, your your uh, business partner uh, twisted my arm to uh, to join. Um, I had been wanting to distribute content on a regular basis for years, and had did not have the bandwidth to write a regular newsletter uh, or, or blog on a regular basis. I, I blogged infrequently uh, when, when I had time and inspiration. And when I started with video socials, uh, I have a regular weekly 
appointment where I have to set aside 50 minutes to sit down and record with other people in my group. But I've used that platform essentially as a video newsletter hmm. so that I'll do three to four videos a month, typically send them out the following the week after I record. And primarily, I, I use it to keep top of mind with other lawyers, uh, some potential clients, but primarily my referral partners, and, and just want them to be aware of, you know, here's a new issue, and keep reminding them, here are my practice areas. Uh, I don't really use it for SEO purposes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to necessarily have trademark clients just find me online and, and come in uh, because my experience has been they, they, they have not been um, well qualified uh, for the most part. But it's really to keep top of mind with, with my referral partners. And I found that this is a very efficient way to get my message out uh, and, and stay top of mind with them. Uh, and, and prior to recording these, to starting with video socials, I'd done a lot of in-person networking and mm. was familiar and experienced with coming up with a two to four minute pitch and description of my services. And that those skills translated well to uh, to the video socials format. Well, terrific. And, and I and what's most interesting to me, Mike, is, is that I think a lot of people would consider IP law as a whole something that's pretty dry and, and, and uh, shall we say, vanilla. And you always seem to, you know, you've got a great sense of humor and, and you always seem to, when you're creating your videos, uh, you tie it into to known brands and, and, and known issues that are, that, you know, are, are in the news, as an example, um, that uh, uh, really kind of bring it to life. I, I, I would never have thought, frankly, that I, I would just enjoy, even though it wasn't, I may not be seeking a copyright or a, or a trademark, you know, at the time. Um, uh, I find your, your videos to be entertaining as well as um, something that's, that, 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 that really brings a pro across a point that I may never have considered. So thank you for embracing it and thank you for being a member and, and, and you're certainly a valued member of that. And if... Uh, for our audience, if you have an interest of doing uh, video content for your marketing, to get out on social media, to get out in newsletters, these types of things, um, there's no cost or obligation to be a guest at Video Socials. Um, there'll be a link, you know, tied in with this, but it's videosocials.net. And just click on the guest, uh, come as a free guest tab at the top. Um, we'd, we'd love to meet you. And um, so with that, I, I had I had one more Major question, and well, be, before that, Mark, can I go back to to follow up on on something you mentioned that that I I didn't get to respond to? Sure, absolutely. You had asked what about uh, downloading templates uh, for yes, the internet, yes, 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 and legal contracts and and things like that. Uh, my experience is in some areas of law, you can find good forms online. Uh, I do practice in the entertainment space. And I found there you, you have to be so careful uh, what you are downloading because most of the entertainment contracts for writers, uh, producers, investors, distributors, the ones that you find online tend to be very heavily tilted to one side or the other. 
And if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to know essentially who's going to get the raw end of the deal. And Um, I have had numerous people come in over the years because they have projects that are not well-funded or they don't want to spend a lot of money. And they'll say, okay, I came up with this contract. I found something online and I revised it. And I'll look at it and smack my head and say, you know, you're giving up all these things that normally you would not have to give up and you're not getting anything extra for it. So like, this is like, this is crazy. Uh, so, you know, that that's just an area where there are a lot of minefields for the layperson in trying to do their own uh, contracts if they don't know what they're looking for. It's, and, and thank you for, for, for revisiting that because um, that's been my experience in almost all circumstances when it comes to law and contracts. Uh, because whoever wrote that contract that they've now made available for free on the internet um, had a point of view, had a perspective that they, that they were writing it from. And it may not be your, it may not be the perspective that ser- that serves you as the person who's looking to enter into that, to that contract or use, or use that form. So um, again, just another reason why at the very least they should have a conversation with you about, you know, what, what they're considering. Um, do you, do you do those types of consultations with, with, with people is, is there a fee for uh, yeah, uh, having a conversation? Typically, I do charge a, a consultation fee, mm-hmm. um, which is mostly to make sure that the person who's contacting me is serious about getting legal advice. Uh, typically, that fee would be used as a credit on the first bill if, mm-hmm. they, if they do hire me to do actual work. Terrific. So... Um, even though, yeah, there's a little, there's a little, there's a little bit of pain there, but I, I think it, it, it's a small investment, and, and if they can apply some or all of that towards actually getting work done, uh, you know, it seems to be a no-brainer um, that, that that people would want to do that. But in addition to what we've already talked about, you know, what would you want a business owner to know about trademarks? I I think the most important thing are that most important thing is that you have to be aware of when your trademark rights uh, start. And there are two ways that they start. One is actual use of your trademark in commerce. So if you're actually using it with your business, you can get exclusive rights to use that mark with the goods or services you're offering in the geographic area that you're using. And for Many businesses, that's only going to be, you know, one or a few states. Uh, for trademark registrations, if you get a registration for your goods or services and it is approved, your federal rights in that registration run back to the day that you filed the application. So not, not the day that you actually approve uh, use or the day that it's actually approved. But once you get that approval, your rights are retroactive to the day that you filed the application. So in most cases, it makes a lot of sense to file as soon as you can, as soon as you're sure this is the trademark that I want to use. So I love this logo. This is the one we're going to use. We've got this great catchphrase or slogan for our business. That's what we want to use. You want to go ahead and, and file that application and you can file that. 
you can file a trademark application if you're actually using the trademark, but also if you have a bona fide intent to use that trademark, then you can also file. Uh, then you can prove use later on, but your rights run retroactive to the day uh, right. that you file the application. And you do not have any rights if it is a situation where, well, our marketing department came up with this and discussed it with management. And we thought this would be great. And then somebody else started using the same trademark, you know, while we were debating. Uh, in that case, you're out of luck. And I, I've had multiple people come in where that was that was their situation. Uh, so you know, once once you've come up with something, you should move to protect it uh, as soon as possible. And I think that you know the unstated part of that is is that you know keep it keep it confidential while you're while you're figuring it out. And and I know this isn't. I assume that this isn't your area, but. This also comes into uh, your non-disclosures and whatnot, as far as your your agreements with your employees and 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 with those that are helping you think up these these potentially proprietary processes and 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 services and um, how you're going to identify them, how you're going to go to market with them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, because if if you don't have uh, I had a, a client, a coaching client uh, uh, over the years that, you know, never got around to really putting together the, the appropriate uh, employment contracts with, uh, with their people. And, and, it, and it bit them um, because, you know, they took proprietary information and made, and, and made it available to a competitor. And there was nothing that, that could be done about it because, one, it wasn't trademarked. And, and two, they, there, there was no agreement between between the parties to keep them from uh, from doing that so um, that's just one of the areas I think that something like IP law can plug into the rest of the law that we need to be paying attention to as business owners so um, absolutely fantastic so you did have uh, somebody else Mike that you thought would be potentially a a good guest to, for this show uh, that you've said you've known for some time, Gordon Coyle. What can yes. you tell us about Gordon? Uh, Gordon is a very experienced uh, player in the commercial insurance business, commercial property and casualty insurance. I've known him for a long time. He's a very dynamic uh, speaker and presenter, and he's got uh, plenty of experience uh, with video presentations. Mm. Well, as I, I think a lot of us have gotten much more experienced in that field over the last uh, two and a half years. Yeah, absolutely. So, Michael, thank you. Is there is there anything uh, anything we missed or anything that you that you can uh, any final words that you might want to? Uh, just in in my experience, if someone talks to me sooner rather than later, um, they're either going to get a much more effective result. Uh, because the sooner we can address something, you know, whether it's a trademark registration that, that the client wants to get, if there's a copyright dispute, something like that, it tends to be much less expensive to address that up front. Uh, or the client can get peace of mind by uh, getting an answer that like, no, you're never going to be able to get that trademark. No, you don't have a copyright uh, infringement claim. No, you're not violating someone's rights. Uh, but you know, they, they can get that peace of mind up front, which sometimes happens when they uh, 
come to me and that frees them up to move along and do other things with their business. And or uh, yes, you might, but here's the but here's the steps that you would need that you would need to do. Um, and and time is of the essence because you know we're we're all, we're all operating at internet speed now, right? So it's like as soon as, as soon as word gets out about something, you can guarantee somebody's going to try to replicate it, you know, um, borrow it, you know, without permission, etc. Et, et so um, I, I think your um, your suggestion that uh, sooner rather than later, um, as, soon, as soon as you as soon as you got a problem that you want to work out or you want you want to you want to put something in place in the form of, tr of a trademark or, or, or registration or whatnot that would prevent a problem from 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 coming about the sooner that they reach out to you the better it's going to be for them so uh, fantastic yeah. well mike thank you so much uh for coming on today um uh, you know people might wonder you know how is this a, how is this in in inspiring business you know um, appropriate content, and the, and the fact of the matter is, and why I wanted you on is, is that you're a deep thinker, and you seem to really care about people, and and you and you pay and you pay attention to the details in ways that it's not just the technician, right? Because there's a lot of lawyers that are, shall we say, technicians. They they know the the granular components of the contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I know you to be somebody who is interested and, and, and wants to help people in pursuing <clears throat> protecting themselves and or um, um, protecting them from um, themselves <laughs> in the fact that they may, they may very well completely inadvertently uh, be putting themselves in a position where, where they're, they're putting themselves at risk. And I know that, that you work uh, uh, diligently. Uh, to, to help people manage that risk, et, et cetera. So thank you for being on today. And um, we'll see you soon at a, at a video socials meeting. And um, and thank you for our audience. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and, you know, the biggest favor that you can provide is to pass this along. If you found this valuable, pass this along uh, to others that you may find. Uh, they could find it useful for themselves as well. Take thank care. You, Thank you. You've been listening to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others. You can catch prior episodes on www.videosocials.net and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more.